Most of our trainee crew have been reassigned. Lieutenant Savick and my son David are exploring the Genesis planet, which he helped create. And Enterprise feels like a house with all the children gone. No, more empty even than that. The death of Spock is like an open wound. It seems that I have left the noblest part of myself back there on that newborn planet. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Admiral Kirk and his bridge crew, not to be confused with his bridge party that he plays bridge with. It's like a cross between Yoda and Abe Vigoda. Yeah, it's a co-fefe. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater good. The greater good. Oh, there's a second voice. I'm not used to that. Oh my goodness. Welcome to this show. I'm so excited. This episode is episode 421. 421. That's right. The highway all the way to Boone. 421. And tonight we're talking about Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock. They must go find him. They left him somewhere. They must go find him. The Search for Spock. This is, I am Sean Allred and joining me tonight is Andrew, don't call me tiny, Jimison. I've heard that so many times in my life, uh, mostly in the shower and in the bedroom. Oh, from an from an echo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's up, guys? Hey, man, welcome back. Thanks. Was I gone? No, I guess you weren't. I don't know why I said welcome back. I guess welcome back to another week <laughs> of the show. <laughs> I don't know why I feel like well, I'm thanks. off tonight. I'm not sure. But yeah, Good welcome back. Lord. Congratulations yeah, for making okay. it another week. Uh, and, okay. and that other voice that you have heard is, of course, the, the illustrious, making mm. his, uh, his uh, orgasmic return, is... Ooh, wow. <laughs> All the words I usually use are just whatever. I feel like I just went, I should just, you know. Shoot. I'm worried that that was the second thing that popped in your mind after uh, triumphant. Yeah, triumphant and <laughs> orgasmic. Uh, is Steve, make sure when we do a close up, the screen is nothing but your eyeball. Everett. Steve. Oh. oh, you want, you want, okay, okay. Steve. Mm. God. Yeah, no. It's tasty. Makes makes you makes you excited there, doesn't it? Hey guys, it's it's good to be here. You both look beautiful. Um I guess our audience can't see you, but just trust me guys. They are extra special dolled up tonight. Oh, that's right. I'm I wore my fancy clothes. I almost wore my trek uniform last week and thought about wearing it today too, but decided that uh Yep. You don't want to get anybody pregnant. Yeah. You have a full uniform? No, it's just a shirt. It's just a, it's a, honestly, (laughs) this is so funny. The the shirt came from, it was like an Eggo waffle thing where like if you send in four box tops and like five bucks, they'll send you a shirt. And my father-in-law did this and it was my Christmas present like 10 years ago or something. 
It seems like that would be like 27 box tops or something. I don't know how yeah, many it was. It was only five? I don't know. We'll have, I'll oh. have to ask him. Oh. But yeah, my father-in-law gave it to me. It's a, it's the Command Yellow. It's the Captain Kirk Command Yellow, uh, but it's a short sleeve. So it's not does it row. smell like maple syrup? It doesn't, which I think is probably a good thing because I don't want to wear it and be all excited for waffles. I remember one time we ate uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch cereal um, for like a whole year and collected the box tops. And my brother and I got a like cheap plastic watch, just one. (laughs) And that was a year's worth of like adolescent boy hunger, Cinnamon Toast Crunch destruction. Yeah. You had to share that watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Took turns. Yeah. Did you ever like. Well, I would just I would just yell to him. I'd be like, hey, what time is it? And then he would scream some obscenity back to you. Yeah, he'd be like, screw you. And I'd be like, all right. Uh, did you guys ever do, like, like in the back of a comic book or whatever, where it was like, you can build your own, uh, what was it, hover hovercraft. You guys ever do one of those? I'm going to have to be real with you for just a moment, and this might kind of make you angry. I have never owned a comic book. It doesn't make me angry. It's fine. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I just make figured, me angry. <laughs> I just figure some things trigger you, and that might be. No, I don't care. <laughs> I only have like most of the ones. So, honestly, so most of the ones that I had. So, when, uh, so Steven and I, okay. Hi, guys. This is the show, and Steven and I, uh, we lived together. We didn't live together, but we went to high school, middle school, college together. I've known Steven since you were in first grade. I think I was in third. I think that math worked. Maybe fourth. So we've known each other. Literally, I've known you long. The only other person I've known longer is my parents. So I wanted to get that out of the way in case new people were listening. So in High Point, where we grew up, there was a comic book shop near where you, you used to live off of Westchester. And I don't remember the name of the comic book shop, but it was the only one in town. And so when I would go up there, even back then, comics were expensive, right? I, I was not new comic kid. Because I couldn't afford them. So dad would give me, you know, two bucks to go buy a comic book, which even back then was not enough to buy a new one. Uh, So I would go to the 10 cent bin and get like 15 comics. So I I bought a bunch of those like old Valiant comic brand. You know, one of them was called Magnus Robot Hunter. And it's literally about a dude who dressed like a Greek god who, who was impervious to metal. Like he could just cut through it with his hands and we lived in a time where the machines were running ruling the world so yeah i got really into the green hornet yeah at that shop because they were basically giving those comics away (laughs) and i think you and i like shared a handful of those back and forth too because i I think you actually introduced me to the green hornet and then my dad was goes there's a comic for this and i said how do you know what this is he goes this was a tv show on the 60s and I yeah. said, really? And he goes, yeah, it had Bruce Lee in it. And I was like, ooh, that's kind of cool. So, And then you were like, Stephen, you have accidental great taste. Yeah. Well, not accidental. So to your but point, now I go by Steve and my taste is awful. Oh, no, no, it's okay. But to your point, Andrew, yeah, I mean, I had comics, but they were, they were not new issue Spider-Man or anything like that. I, had, I mean, I still have a handful of the ones from my youth, and I, I asked my my old landlord like hey are any of these worth anything no but they're nice (laughs) (laughs) you know you know what they're worth exactly what they were when you bought them yeah which i guess technically means they've depreciated 
It's not right. even the paper. Is a is a. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but I did buy one of those things in the back of a comic where it was like you could have your own hovercraft. So send this in with like a dollar ninety five, and so I did, and they send you an instruction manual on how to build a hovercraft with a vacuum cleaner motor. Oh my god! And I was oh. like, hey, mom and dad, can I take apart the vacuum to build this? And they're like, no. So I never built my hovercraft. Man, and that is such like think of how how many girls you would have had sex with if they would just would have just let you do that. Yeah, at the time I don't think I cared about that kind of thing, but I see what you mean. If I still have that hovercraft now, yeah. Yeah, man. The the reputation you would have gotten as a kid that built his own hoverboard would have lasted for your entire life. Yeah. Especially if it was legit, yeah. Yeah. I think didn't Mythbusters build like the, they they built it and they you would use like leaf blowers or something to power it to make it go forward because there was no mm-hmm. motor to drive it forward it was just yeah. the vacuum cleaner was just create the like the air cushion to elevate it. You know what? Hear me out. Uh, I have an idea for a TV show where it's uh, myth busting uh, the Mythbusters like times where people in conversation go yeah oh yeah I think there was a Mythbusters about that yeah. but there really wasn't but we all say that about everything. <laughs> yeah. And then so the TV show is just following up with folks and being like in just natural conversation be like actually there was not a Mythbusters about that. I like that. That would be a good. It sounds like actually a good podcast. I like it. So, what is not uh, uh, Mythbusters, however, are not in this movie, nor Hovercraft, though there are things that fly. And this is, again, the search for Spock. The, the 1980, oh, is 84? Am I getting that math right? 1984? Yes. The search for Spock. It's the year I was born. Nice. Me too. Me too. Uh, well, that's, that's, uh, makes it But very... I, don't, I don't remember this film coming out. You don't? You don't remember it coming out the year you were born? No. No. Well, that's that's strange. Well, Andrew, uh, tell us what this movie is, and then we can kind of get into the meat of this show. Mm. Admiral Kirk and his bridge crew, not to be confused with his bridge party that he plays bridge with, risk their careers careers by stealing the decommissioned USS Enterprise to return to the restricted Genesis planet to recover Spock's body. First of all, I don't think that the ship was decommissioned yet when they stole it. Well, was it? yeah, I mean, he's basically, they did, the Admiral did say the Enterprise is 20 years old. It's done. We're going to. Yeah, but it wasn't like. It's set they to just be turned the decommissioned. Off. He said it's set to be de- right. decommissioned. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to believe me. I'm not trying to argue in favor of the IMDb read. Uh, they were just like, put the keys in the dish next to the door. <laughs> yeah. Come in. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they actually just walk outside, and then real loud they go, "You are decommissioned." <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. So, so Andrew, I know last week we did the fifth movie, and you were fairly lost. No, uh, well, not lost, just I just didn't like it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, that's very fair to say. So, yeah, because well, we watch the fourth movie, and you'll wind up on your journey home. Yeah, I know. the one with the whales. So I'm, I'll am i be curious to, to hear your opinion about this movie, because you have seen The Wrath of Khan within the last two years, because we did it for the yeah. podcast. Yeah, and I like The Wrath of Khan. I've seen, I watched the first uh, Star Trek before we did Wrath of Khan. So wow. like that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's the sound the cloud makes for those who were wondering what that was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, as far as story goes, I'm not completely lost. Okay, good. Wait, so had you not seen all the Star Treks, Jimison? No, I've seen them, but it's been a hot minute for some of them. Okay. Uh, and I, so I don't remember all of, you know, everything that happens. But by seeing this one again, I was reminded of things. All right. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Then we'll, uh, I was just curious about that. And of course, I mean, Stephen, one of the main reasons why I asked you to come on the show is because Stephen and I used to do marathons. We would do Trek marathons. Now, we also did other marathons. We would pick a category. Yeah, you did. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we would pick a category and go and you know i remember famously well the real fun one was the trek one and we got somewhere in between uh between this one and the next one or four and five where you and our dear friend andrew lejeune got into a political debate that lasted Mm -hmm. about an hour I mean, it lasted long enough that Chris, our good friend Chris, and I left the room and went upstairs and played Nintendo for a little while and came back and you guys were still going. And eventually I just started playing the movie. What's funny is that that was just like our dads having an argument via our mouths. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm sure neither of us will stand by anything we said that day. I think Andrew would probably stay. I don't think he has changed one inch from those those points. <laughs> well, there you go. But, well, I've come a long way. Yes, uh, as we all have. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but this was, uh, yeah. I'm, so, again, I'm really excited to talk about this particular one because, uh, as as we all know, any Trek fan listening knows that the even ones are the good ones and the odd ones are not the good ones, unless you're Jesse who thinks that Nemesis terrible but this is my favorite of the odd one which is a weird thing to say but of the odd yeah, this numbers, is the best bad one i think that's it what is. i say about my one of my sons yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're the best odd one or you're the best bad yeah one? yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right he so, likes it hey as long as he's, he's in on the joke it's fine so go yeah. ahead and uh andrew give us your five word review well, I did a true five letter or five letter, five word review this time. Uh, Nimoy, better director than Shatner. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I stand by that 100%. Well, because, definitely when you watch the next one, too. Yeah. Um, you know, this felt like I was not watching a cartoon like I was with five. You know, five was, was very. Pratt Folly and, uh, you know, the, I still think back to the scene where Scotty hits his head on the beam and the only thing it needed was the birds chirping when he fell, you know, uh, to make that more cartooning. Uh, but this one, you know, I just enjoyed the story because it's a continuation of, of two, you know, literally the first two minutes of the movie are footage from the second movie. Yeah. <laughs> which we get then later. Right. And you know who else did that every time was Rocky. Just like, oh, did you like the last one? Well, what if we just put like a whole bunch of that last one in this other one? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that last one? <laughs> <laughs> and then by the end of the series, it was like, well, what if we just put a little bit of each one of those last few? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I never saw the series, but... 
uh, Spock's dad, I, I know was in the series. Um, but I, it's good to see the same character. I love it when you have the same person return as a character, like like they did with Kirstie Alley in this one. She looked fantastic in this one. <laughs> um, she lost a lot of weight, I think, and maybe had some work done. But you know that Hollywood money. Yeah. All right. But yeah, I enjoyed this. All right. Cool. <laughs> uh, all right. What you got, Steven? Five word review. Um, don't worry, guys. He's fine. I just like that's That's the thing that you can't get past with this movie. It's just like the last movie was so fantastic because of this like huge, powerful scene. And then like everybody came to terms with what had happened. And then what if the what if the plot for the next movie was just like, well, he's okay. Yeah, well, in I mean Nicholas Meyer was the director of Wrath of Khan was, you know, both applauded and, you know, chastised for killing off one of the main characters because they thought that Star Trek was going to be done. Right? The first movie tanked, made no money. The cast didn't even really want to come back and do it because the uniforms were so bad and the costumes so when they came back and made the second one, they thought that was it. They thought that was going to be the end of Trek. So they kill off yeah. one of the characters. And then it made so much money, Paramount was like, well, Roddenberry, we need to make some more of these. And so <laughs> and so when the original Don't poster, worry, guys. He's fine. Right. So like when the original poster came, like uh, Leonard Nimoy argued against the search for Spock. He didn't want to have his, like he was really trying to make it like a surprise that they actually find him at the end. The, he even went as far, if you noticed, which maybe you did, maybe you didn't, in the opening credits, because these, these are back when you had nice long credits with lots of really beautiful music. Leonard Nimoy's name is blank. There's no, so it's William Shatner, pause, DeForest Kelly, and then the rest of the cast. There isn't, there's literally a, a, a blank space for Leonard Nimoy's name because he was trying to elicit some, some intrigue. Yeah. And then of course his face is on the poster. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I get that because the, the whole, the whole purpose of this movie is like, Oh, it's okay that my son died because friendship is the most important thing in the universe. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's, there are worse things that we could have taken to take from this movie. No, for sure, but I mean, you know, we, we barely even take a beat when Shatner's, you know, where Kirk's son dies in the movie. It's just like, well, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know that 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 moment where he falls. So there's a really great, and again, piece of trivia when he when he falls back and misses the chair. That was an accident. He wasn't supposed to do that, but it was, but he didn't break character, and it was so powerful they kept the take, and. I don't know when I when I watched it again. So I watched this with my son not that long ago, and I was really curious to see his reaction to that scene. And you know, he was kind of he was kind of broken up about it a little bit. I asked him, I was like, "Did that that scene bother you?" And he goes, he says, "I mean, it was really sad." He says, "But it was also kind of nice that he died so that the woman could live." I'm like, "Yeah, all right, wow, well, that's my ten year old." All right. Well, wow, already sexist. I mean, I I know that <laughs> I know that uh, Kirk is not like 
dad of the year or anything. He's not winning any awards. Or even just but, present as a dad. Right. Well, he didn't know but, he was a dad until... Well, no, he did. He did. Oh, that's he did. right. Well, he knew, but like they were, they were out doing their thing, you know. Yeah, like he didn't know, like when, like when, when he shows up, he like the first thing he does is punches him, right? And so that, the, and yeah. then when Doctor Marcus shows up, he's like, "Wait, that's David!" Like he didn't know who he was; he just knew that he had a son. Yeah, right. he he was just being a smug douchebag, like normal. Yeah, <laughs> but he was upset for a whole like five seconds. And he was like, all right, we got yeah. to get Spock. Let's drink this green Romulan ale and then go do some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. That kind of bothered me a little. Yeah. I, I guess because in the moment, because, you know, the, 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 the clean on commander doesn't give him much choice to do anything, right? Like the script has to keep moving along pretty quickly. And so he doesn't have time to grieve. And he would do that. I don't know if he really ever gets a chance to grieve. I mean, he does a little bit, but this 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 plot point comes back in the sixth movie as a as a as another plot point. But mm, it, that's right. It's uh, I don't know. I I always kind of found it really powerful in that moment. But I kind of see what you're saying, Andrew. Um, not I'm not going to argue yeah. it. Well, and that, and that's the Star Trek thing, right? Like we we keep it pretty light, and like there are some pretty big. Uh, universal themes that are in in different episodes and movies and stuff, but they they tend to be like, well, but everything's gonna be okay, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's not like okay. So last week, you know, we kind of got into a pretty fun Star Trek versus Star Wars a little bit, and and uh, the the guys we had on Jesse, he he loves the Star Wars versus Star Trek argument. He he just loves it. He eats it up, and. So to your point, Stephen, yeah, Trek is for the most part, it's a little bit light. It's a little bit, um, it's not space opera like like Star Wars, but I mean, Star Wars is the same thing. Star Wars also kind of feels like no one dies for forever. You know, like oh, you died. Well, it's fine. We want to have you back, so you're just a Force ghost, or oh, Darth Maul, you're oh, yeah. dead. Well, no, not really. You know, just because we watched you get cut in half and you fell down. Lieutenant a... Dan, you got new legs. Yeah, you know, I mean. That's what happened. Yeah, he got it's new same, legs. It's the same story. They took it. <laughs> it's exactly the same. From, that's, that's where they got the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, you know, Spock dies, but not really. But, I mean, David's dead for forever. and Or is he? Yeah. I mean. He doesn't come back in this timeline, so he's he's he did. He right. gone. He gone. All right, my five word review. If I can get my mouse to work. Is... Hey Sean, what's your five word review? Oh, thanks. And Steve. is it filthy? No, uh, I wrote three of them. <laughs> I did. Three. Does one mention Scott McGinnis? Does what? Does one mention Scott McGinnis? No. Okay. All right, then you can continue. Oh, I was like, sh- should it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I wrote, uh, let's see, five or two. So, Fuzzy Science plus Christopher Lloyd. So, you know, there we go. Nice. Okay. Kind of like Back to the Future. Uh, let's see. A favorite Star Trek villain, my number two. <laughs> I think Christopher Lloyd is the bad guy in this. It's just one of the best things ever. I just love it. I know some people don't like him as the bad guy. I think he's great. I think he overacts. I think he's ridiculous. And that's how all of my Klingons should be, are over the yeah. top and ridiculous. 
And honestly, like, you know, when you're casting this movie after you, you've had Khan and you've done the Wrath of Khan, you know, and you're like, who can we get that will bring gravitas, but like we can have a nice time with like what uh, have a lighter movie, but still have a heavy actor in it. Yeah. And like they really knocked it out of the park. He, he's perfect for this type of a film where it's like it's just mostly about friendship and like, you know, doing what you think is right regardless of what anybody else thinks, you know, it's just such a wholesome movie that you wouldn't have wanted um, like Raul Julia playing the villain. You know, you wanted somebody who's like easy, easy to like, easy to, but who's also, you know, he's like Alan Rickman. Yeah. That's actually a really good, that's actually a really good comparison. He, Alan Rickman would have made a good one of the, you know, a good Trek villain in the, you know, in the aughts or the, or the late uh, 2000 teens or whatever. That's a, that's a good point. I mean, and you're right, like, because, I mean, most of the Trek movies have a theme, right? They have some kind of theme. Star Trek Two, it's, you know, it's, there, there's, there's two competing themes in the movie. One is revenge, right? It's a revenge movie, but also it, it's Kirk dealing with getting old. Yeah. And so he's constantly struggling with this whole getting old thing. And then this movie, you're right, Stephen, it's about, it's about friendship and it's about doing what you doing the right thing yeah duty uh well no it's against duty right he's doing the right thing for the, well, the, yeah. the wrong things for the right reasons or something like that like because he yeah, breaks the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many is like what he says to spock at the end yeah like he <laughs> he goes against the 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 vulcan you know code or whatever i mean like and the rest of the crew you know they throw their careers away ultimately now of course we know that it's going to work out in the end because it's trek but you know, in the moment, they are sacrificing their careers, potentially jail or whatever Starfleet has for that, and they do it because it's their friend. And I think there's there's something noble that. And then, of course, the fourth movie is about you know humanity's short sightedness, and it's kind of like an anti pollution, anti hunting, anti whaling kind of movie. It's a tough watch, is what it is. Yeah. What the fourth one? Number four is a that's a it's a skip. You know, it's a deep cut on an album that you didn't you didn't really dig what the artist was doing. You know? Oh, I love the fourth one because it's so different because it feels so different than Trek. And I mean, like it's a different composer. You know, like it just it's, it's so different. Kids. I mean, my my son loves it because you know yeah. the the bird of prey was cool, and when the when it decloaked over the ship, you know, like my he loved that part. And uh, and there was a lot of swearing in that one, and my son really enjoyed that too. He's at that age where swearing is becoming funny. Yeah, swearing is hilarious the whole time, you know. Well, I find it funny. Speaking of that, in this movie, "damn" is the only word that they say. Yeah, there is a lot of "damn." Yeah, yeah, I captured some of those, and it's funny because after McCoy goes one of his. Damn, how can you be deaf with ears like that? Damn it. You know, so my son looks at me and goes, They say damn a lot in this movie, don't they? And I said, Yeah, they do. So, (laughs) did you you hear they said, We're going to get some damn bait? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I sure as damn did. My last uh, five word review, by the way, is a pretty good middle film. And I say that because, again, Trek people know, you know, this movie is the middle of a trilogy. Two- Listen, Sean, uh, I'm going to have to just jump in. Generations counts, okay? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, they all count. But I'm just saying, this is a trilogy amongst 
10 movie. You know, you have the first one, which is just a standalone film, and then you have this trilogy, and then five, which is just there, and then six just wraps up them all. But, you know, like, you don't... Nothing from five affects six. Nothing really from four... I see what you mean. You know, it's not like they lean into... One but all the films affect generations, so they have to be included. Well, there's seven. There's seven original fair. Star Trek movies. Uh, fair. There's there's six, and then there's four. Six and a half. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Kirk Kirk on a horse counts, I guess. Yes. Even though he's really not in that movie very much. But and he has his uh, his uniform uh, like unzipped to show how casual he's being, but the underlayer is still zipped up all the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you haven't bought yourself any comfort. <laughs> it just looks worse. It it looks sexy when they when they rip that thing open, just kind of open the jacket part. I always liked when they did that. Just, and there was always blood on it. It was like it was like their blood catcher part of their uniform. Yeah, that was the only function of it, really. Yeah, like oh, my uniform is red. You can't see the blood on it. So let me open up the white part so you can see the blood. Mm-hmm. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> so you, this is this is a legitimate Star Star Trek question. Yeah, let's do it. In the series, they wear, you know, the different color uniforms. They got the green and the red and the yellow and the blue. Why in the movies? I mean, I know the first one, it was like bluish, like, you know, it looked like a a blue uh, leisure suit from the 70s. Well, it wasn't a suit. It was a onesie, which was the problem. Yeah. And they were lower rank back then. Let's remember. Okay. So, why do we have this red color that sticks with the rest of them? So, and not alternating. Nicholas Meyer came up with that. He was the director of Wrath of Khan, and he had not, he was not a Trek fan. He did not watch Trek growing up. And so, the, he decided to make a, he made a naval movie. It's a war, it's a naval warfare movie. So, he felt like Starfleet mm-hmm. would act more like naval whatever. So, in the Navy, you have uniforms. Right. And so, you know, the, the, the officers wore, you know, the jacket uniform and they have an insignia on their, on their shoulders and their arms that kind of identifies their rank. And then the right. normal, the normal crew have different kind of like those shirts and the pants. And of course, engineering has different suits altogether. And because, and, and the reason why they stuck through the rest of, of the six films or the rest of the five of those films was just because they looked good and it, and it just kind of made sense to, to do that. And then of course, when next generation came out, they wanted to kind of go back to the color coding uniform yeah. of red means commander and yellow means engineer and blue means doctor, things like that. Yeah. I, you hear people talk about, you know, the red shirt that gets killed off. Yeah. And, and if you haven't seen the series, then you don't, get that reference when you see these movies yeah well in the in the movies it doesn't really work really because the movies are so much about the bridge crew yeah you know very rarely do but every movie you see that there's different color uniforms and you're very used to seeing your your home team in red so like when you see a red person you're like oh make sure they're okay yeah yeah that's true now, why he picked red, I don't know. Maybe because it just looked good on camera. I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's, there might be 
because Steven is a ginger. That's why he made, he made him red. <laughs> oh, just me? Is it just me that's a ginger? No. But I, I think it's just as simple as it would probably, they, they probably test, you know, tested different colors and they just like red because it looked good on camera. You know, mm-hmm. so, but they wanted to have some kind of uniform that would distinguish them from, like you said, the officers have different kind of uniform than the crew, things like that. Yeah. So, any other Star Trek questions I can answer? I'm here for it. This is good. No. Okay. You don't you don't talk about the <laughs> thing that, that Oh. I do have one more question. Okay. Did you guys love the Yep. uh powder blue and pink Thank you. and like teal of the seats in in the other ship. What was the other ship called? Oh, Excelsior. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And it, yeah, it, it was the uh yeah, it, it was like the navigator's chair that was just like this mid-century modern pale pink. Yeah. Very, very cool. Hip. It's the same color of my grandmother's nightgown she wore back when I was like <laughs> a little kid. I wow. still remember that. It was I was traumatized. I I Is it thought, hot in here? I thought you were gonna talk about <laughs> Chekhov's outfit with that, that pink ish suit. Oh no, that, I, I actually and wrote that on collar here on that my makes notes. him look like he's Amish. Well I said <laughs> um why where's my note? Why is Chekhov dressed like a Puritan? That's what I wrote. Yeah, Puritan, not a, Amish. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's a pilgrim. I mean, he's a space. Puritan. I mean, that's who he is. <laughs> he's a Russian space pilgrim. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, bad. The, the 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 costumes are a little bad. I mean, like even Sulu's jacket that he he wears. The jacket, the sleeves are like strips of leather. There's not like, you know, it's not yeah. like he was wearing not wearing the sleeves of the jacket like he just had it draped over him which was very popular to do in the 80s it was a jacket he was wearing but the sleeves were just strips of leather it was so strange yeah yeah strangely attractive i did take a couple notes in this movie oh wow and so i do have another couple questions um he uh what's the uh christopher lloyd's character he blows up this ship and the what her name Val Valkyris or yeah. something like that, and she says goodbye, my love. Could they have a? They, couldn't they just beam her aboard the ship before they blow up the the other ship? The, the 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 reason why he did it is because he doesn't want anyone to know what he has done. He they, they and what he knows. Yeah, they they smuggled this this tape of the Genesis, whatever, right? And because mm-hmm. she has seen it, that's why he's like unfortunate. She says, I understand, because now I have to kill you because I can't have anyone else know what we've done, what we're doing. Well, when she says, my, my, I think she says, my lord, my love. She calls him her love, yeah. Yeah, I thought, well, if, if they love each other, I don't see the big deal here. Well, we didn't say him say he loves her. That's true. That's true. And he said, you will be remembered, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, but. Not by any then, of that crew, because they all did. Mm-hmm. Two more notes here. Yeah. Uh, what's the, is it Savik? Savik. Savik, yeah, okay. Everybody on the Excelsior, actor-wise, is terrible, except for her. Uh, the not, captain. Not the Excelsior. They were on the. the, the uh, no, 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 the other one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were on the Grissom, the USS Grissom. Grissom. 
Yeah. So everyone is a, that captain is awful. Yeah, he's he's kind of bad. like it is. It is. Not, I felt like I was watching a used car salesman. What the hell's going on down there? Yeah, he's right. Yeah, he, he, I, I he think is, it, I think it makes it more realistic that it is just a guy like that because that that's like the military thing, right? Like, there's always somebody that's just like agreeable, you know, who's not too terrific that gets promoted. Yeah, yeah but I felt like I was at church camp a little bit when <laughs> when they were. <laughs> I, but I think like that's right was, where they want you to be with Star Trek. <laughs> it was church like, camp. <laughs> it was like. Friendly to the point of okay, it's a little too friendly here. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, Everybody's when you run into the much. Romulans and we have to put our best face forward, that's who we want, man. <laughs> He's slow with the torpedo. I I uh, <laughs> I do like this idea that that Leonard Nimoy was like, okay, well, Kirk is this kind of you know savvy. He's kind of sexy. He's kind of rough around the edges. So let's make a guy who is like a cool church pastor. You know, he, <laughs> let's just make him just the nicest guy. Oh, no, let's go. We got to call Starfleet and go by the book, you know. So. All right. My last Nerd. note. My last note. Uh, first of all, if I ever raise goats, they will sound exactly like young Spock. Uh, moaning <laughs> in the distance. <laughs> so this this seven year thing that happens to to Vulcans. Yeah, the burning. Is this like the pond Is this fire. like pond fire? Is this like Vulcan menstruation that just happens every seven years where they you know sort of. I mean it's they, they, they have to mate is the thing. It's it's like their mating thing and if they don't then it's extremely painful. And honestly, same. Yeah. If you don't mate within seven years, it's really <laughs> every painful. seven years. Yeah. Once every seven years. So it's basically like they're in the rut. Like a they're, deer. They're Mormons. Yes. Yeah. There's there, uh, there might be some Trek fans listening that are, uh, you know, sad that I don't know all of the, the, the lore behind Pond Fire, but it's not fire, it's far, but it's, yeah, it literally means like fire blood or blood fire or something like that. Like there, his, so his, his it body, is menstruation. It kind yeah. of, yeah. Yeah. Every seven years. Yeah. They get the blood fire. I'm going to start telling my, well, yeah, I could tell my wife that, that she's got the blood fire. <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could tell her that. You could. You could tell her that one time. Yeah. <laughs> one time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my mother called me Francis. <laughs> cool. I'm oh sure she'll be fine with it. Did, did you, Stephen? Did have, did you like recently watch Johnny Dangerously? Because you you've made like three references to that. You've no, I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, you've made several references to it with pre-show and in the in the show here. I'm 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 picking up what you're laying down. I was just wondering, like, were you in a mood to to listen to uh to watch Johnny Dangerously? Mister Scott, have you always multiplied your repair estimates by a factor of four? Certainly, sir. How else can I keep my reputation as a miracle worker? That's right. Obviously, Stephen found the quotes part of the page. <laughs> he did. <laughs> okay, so I, I do this want to is, talk about this. This is another. Sorry, this is another just random Star Trek question. Yeah, yeah. Is James Duhan actually Scottish? No, he's Canadian. Because oh wow, he, I didn't know that. Because as I was listening, I thought this is the worst Scottish accent <laughs> that I've heard about. Uh, hold on, I, I could but be God wrong. God bless him. Yeah, he's you know? he's Canadian. Yeah, 
Okay. Hey, he can stay. Whoever, you know, is he still alive? No, he passed away in 2005 at the age of 85. Man, I hope he died in the middle of a real great situation. I, he, um, again, I, I told this story last week, but he, he, was a, he was a soldier. He fought during World War II. He was part of the Normandy invasion. And so that just makes him already a complete badass. And uh, what was language? And he, uh, he had his middle finger on his right hand uh, shot off in, in, during that. Yep. So he can't do what you're doing right now, Stephen. And, and so he's always really good. He's always trying to hide it. And again, I noticed it in the, uh, the fifth movie last week. Huh. But yeah, he. Uh, well, I'm ashamed of him for being insecure, but neither here nor there. <laughs> No, I don't know about being insecure. I think he literally just said it's because he uh, he thinks people he doesn't want to make other people uncomfortable with it. He was gonna regrow his finger, but he just had to have more power. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, might have happened on the Genesis planet. I'm giving it all she can take. So yeah, no, he's he's Canadian. He grew up in Ontario, Canada. Wow. So, yeah. Vague. Well, there's a Sarnia, Ontario, Canada. Okay. Sarnia. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. I bet it's Sarnia. Oh, sure. Where are we going through the wardrobe? Oh, we're going to Sarnia. Oh, okay. We'll see Mr. Tumnus. No? Okay. No, I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> the word, sir, the word is no. I am therefore going anyway. I do like that line. Are you just going to randomly say quotes from the movie? I mean, yeah. Okay, that's fine. So, I will say this. One of my favorite scenes or sequences in movie, all of the movies of the world that I have seen, and I've seen many of them, I absolutely love the, the, the stealing of the Enterprise. I love everything about it. I mean, that's just one of those movie moments that I could watch anytime. If someone says, hey, Sean, why don't you pull up the YouTube clip and watch that? I will just stop what I'm doing and watch it. I love everything. I love how, you know, when when they they break McCoy out of out of out of the mental hospital, or whatever, and and uh, Sulu flips that big guy. Which, I mean, it's a funny moment, right? Because he's like, "Don't call me tiny," but like, let's be real. Yes, that guy is like six foot four, and I don't care what kind of kung fu or I guess he wouldn't use kung fu because he's Japanese. Wow, what kind of Martial arts that, well, Japanese men can still learn Kung Fu. <laughs> uh, what martial arts he knows. You know, so there's, there's, there's a physics thing happening there. But, but also, Sulu is a bridge officer. He's an officer. Like, you're just a guard man. You would never step to a, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's like a private stepping up to a lieutenant. He would get his ass beat like he does. So, anyway. Yeah, but I mean, if you'd have watched the series, you would have known that. Sulu has been involved in some real shenanigans. Oh, especially with the sword. Uh, anyway, so then so they, they do the breakout, right? And then, and Scotty is in on it too, which is great. And so, you know, the, the captain's all like, oh, Mr. Scott, we're going to break some of Enterprise's speed records. And he's like, eh, whatever. You know, like he just, he can't get out of there fast enough, right? Wh- which I love. But when they, they get into the Enterprise and, and the, you know, like you said, he says, uh, give the, you know, give the word. And the word is given. So they, they said to steal the Enterprise. And they have this bit where, again, Andrew, you know, because we just watched, you know, the fifth movie recently, where Scotty is kind of like the comic relief throughout that whole movie. 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same way again where he's got a couple of funny lines, but like Kirk goes, okay, open the space doors. And he goes, yeah, I'm working on it. Cause he's like, he's having <laughs> to basically hack the system, right? Like he's, he's trying to force override the system to open the space doors. Cause All Sulu right. is not going to hit the e-brake, right? Like that ship's going to keep going. And you know, I always love that. It just, it just, and, and like they're acting, right? Like they both have this, this look of like, like, you know, when you're about to park, like especially if you're not driving, and someone parks and they park a little too close, and you're like, you know, you just gotta clench up. Like watching, you know, James Duhon do that, great. So I, I love everything about that scene, and the music is great. And then of course the transwarp drive stops because Scotty, you know, boogered it up. It's just, it's a wonderful scene. I love it so much. Okay, I'm done talking. I, I would have got a little chuckle had they just scraped the side of the door. Because, I mean, the ship's going to blow up anyway, right? Yeah. So it's going to be decommissioned. Right. I, I, uh, what movie did they do that in? Oh, it was in Galaxy Quest they did that. Yeah. When, when the kid's backing out and it scrapes it. They probably didn't because they didn't either have the budget to do it or know how to, like, represent it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They could just had the crew just have the camera on the crew inside and just have the sound of metal scraping. Scraping and have like a little yeah. shake and he just looks over at Sulu and Have Sulu's each other like, just kind of look, you know. <laughs> that would have been kind of funny. side eye. Yeah. I, do, I do like that. I, I like that. Um, okay. Anything else? I mean, like, like, I feel like we haven't really talked much about the movie itself. I mean, it just, I don't know. They, 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 there's this really funny scene. So basically the other part of them that we haven't really talked about is the fact that at the end of, at the end of the second movie, right. When Spock puts his face, his hand on, you know, um, McCoy's face and says, remember, I, you know, I guess maybe they knew they were going to make a third one and that's how they were going to explain it away. Cause they, they obviously filmed that two years earlier. Uh, so, but everything that I've always read was like that, that was their plan, but maybe, you know, maybe Nicholas Meyer, well, you know, put that in there, but I always kind of like the fact that McCoy is walking around with with Spock's whatever marbles in his head, and he has to like randomly act like Spock throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, you know, what kind of poison do you want? You want your usual poison? You order poison in a bar is logical. You know, things like that. I I always really, really yeah. thought that was good acting for him to kind of channel Spock there. Yeah, I, I think I think the real like uh, strength in acting like art imitating life from the movie is uh, Mr. Scott, you know, when uh, Sulu is like, she's supposed to have transwarp drive. And he's like, I know if my grandmother had wheels, <laughs> <laughs> she'd be a she'd wagon. Be a wagon. We, yep. We've quoted about half the clips I've already picked. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, speaking of clips, are we ready to do those? I mean, anything else you guys, Andrew, you got any more questions? I mean, you know. No, I don't think so. All right. Yeah. The, uh, I will say this, this is interesting. And these movies came out as a good time, you know, before Twitter and, and, and social media. Because the Klingons look very different in these movies than they did in the original series. You know, the original series, they just look like dudes with Fu Manchus. Right, like they just, yeah, they the were brows just, weren't crazy. Yeah, and then in the first movie, the motion picture, 
they completely change him with the big furrowed brow and the crazy yucky teeth. And then we get we get more of their you know, more of them in this movie, right? We we are introduced to the bird of prey, which is a ship that can cloak, which we had not seen yet, which is pretty interesting. Uh, they we had it in the original series. The Romulans had a a bird of prey that can cloak, but this one can also do that. And we get more of the Klingons, and the, like their ship is all hazy, and there's smoke everywhere, and he's got this weird, ugly space dog, and you know they're all kind of you know gross and whatever. Like the movies did that, and then. That was just what the Klingons looked like for forever until Star Trek Discovery comes out and changes the Klingons, and people got pissed. They're like, that's not what they look like. Well, you're like, well, <laughs> they changed them before and no one cared. Like, why do we care now? But I will say, in this particular movie, their eyebrows are insane. Yeah. And they really do some close-ups where they're, they're just like, listen, these eyebrows are ridiculous. But Yeah. Well... If you're going to put Christopher Lloyd in there, you got to make sure it's ridiculous. Wait, that was Christopher Lloyd? As the clean eye, as the... <laughs> wait, really? Okay. I was like, wait a minute. You've seen this movie a hundred times. At least five. All right. No. More, yeah, closer to a hundred. Really? I mean, outside of watching it with me, do you watch it any other times? Oh, dude. I, yeah, I don't I don't differentiate. You know? Like, if if I love a series... You know, I, I watch the, uh, you know, if there's a six movie series, um, I'll watch the fourth one. That's my least favorite. Just as many times as I watch whatever my favorite is. I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I know I've probably seen Wrath of Khan in Undiscovered Country more than the other one. Um, you know, yeah, I because I, th- there are times where it's like I'm in the mood for a Star Trek. Well, I'm not going to watch one. And I'm probably not going to watch five. Yeah. So let's let's watch two, three, uh, two, three, four, and six. Yeah. But that's a good Saturday afternoon. Which this coming weekend, my wife will be out of town, so it's just me and the kids, and I have every intention of watching the sixth movie with my son. Wow. Because he is on a rave. He hasn't seen that one yet. So that'll be. That'd be cool. In fact, it was I was kind of a bummer. Uh, you know how the um, AMC or whatever will do those Fathom events, where they'll mm-hmm. bring back like old movies. They had Wrath mm-hmm. of Khan in the theater, but it was the weekend uh-huh. that we went to the app game, and uh, I was I was actually kind of annoyed. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I would have taken my son to go see Wrath of Khan in the theater. How cool would that be? But to see that." And then yeah, Declan, like, Declan would have started wearing so many like deep V's, you know, showing off his pecs. <laughs> he would have been chain smoking cigs yeah. all of a sudden, just yeah. throwing his hair out. He, he's he's still so into Star Wars that it it almost feels like he's doing the Trek thing because he knows that it makes me happy. Well, it's no, I mean, like as a as a boy growing up, like it's still space. So like everybody has a preference, and Star Wars is pretty romantic, especially when you're young. You know, I yeah. think like Star Trek is the mo- the more like adult, like mature uh, one to enjoy. And even if you look at the video games, like if you get a Star Wars video game, it's like pew 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 pew. And if you get a Star Trek video game, it's like the Romulan ambassador enters. Do you yeah. want to provoke her? Yeah. Or welcome her. <laughs> I mean, I have played Star Trek Online before, and it's it's all right, but <laughs> you're not wrong. I mean, also in Star Wars, it's got better toys. 
I mean, mm-hmm. my my son has four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars worth of Star Wars Legos in his bedroom right now. One of which is the Adat Walker that he bought with his own money. He saved up the hundred and eighty dollars to buy the Adat Walker that's in his room. That's his like prize collection. Anytime someone comes over, if you guys came over, he would go and get the Adat Walker and show it to you because he is so proud of it. Yeah. You know, sp- speaking of toys. When I was like, I guess maybe fourth grade, I remember going over to a friend's house and he wasn't like close friend, but he wanted to invite people over. And (laughs) yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I guess I'll go, whatever. And he was a huge Star Trek fan, uh, mostly of uh, the next generation uh, because he had a lot of Picard stuff there. Uh, But I remember seeing Star Trek toys and I was like, yeah, this is not doing it for me. Um, cause he was like, check out the transport pad and he put his, whatever <laughs> it's called. And he put his little figure on there and like a, some, you know, the tube spun around and mm-hmm. it had a mirror. So it looked like it was gone. And I was like, Oh, how, how cool. Um, and then he was like, yeah, look at this tricorder. And I says, well, what does it do? And he goes, well, it like flips open and makes noise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry, Andrew. I, I, he probably forgot to tell you that you had to have an imagination to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go like he had a tree <laughs> fort. I wanted to go climb the tree, but he wanted to show off his tricorder. Yeah. <laughs> now they came out with oh gosh, it was about ten years ago when smartphones were first becoming a thing. They came out with a tricorder that would do a lot of the things that the tricorders do in the movies. You know, like obviously time and you know and some text messages and stuff, but also like barometric pressure and. I mean, it's just pulling information from the Weather Channel, right? Right. I mean, this thing was like $500, too. It was ridiculous. They, I'm sure they probably, you can probably, you know, get like a uh, like a 3D print mold to put your smartphone in to make it do the same thing, you know? And I know that there are kind of not, you know, unlicensed or whatever, but like people will make the, um, like their watch faces look like, the Star Trek kind of like the button panel. It's called the L cars, but like this what it looks like. So you're again to your point, Andrew, the toys aren't as cool. Though literally yesterday my wife was at Walmart and nestled inside the Star Wars section is in the picture she sent me is literally a, a a row of lightsabers and then next to it is another row of other lightsabers in the middle is Captain Kirk and Wrath of Khan action figures, and then the phaser. And I'm like, buy me the phaser! <laughs> she goes, oh, by the time I got your text message, we already left. So I gotta uh, go to Walmart so I can buy me a phaser. Well, yeah. hopefully you got some like Chick-fil-A or something out of the deal. Uh, she, I got some Cinnamon Toast Crunch or something. I don't know. Yes, dude. I do still eat that. It's my thing. You're gonna get a plastic watch one of these days. One of these days. I'm gonna replace my watch with it. Keep All right. Box tops. Ready for some clippy clips? Let's do it. Okay. Clippy clip. Uh, I think uh, Steven already said it, but here we go. She's supposed to have transwarp drive. Aye. And if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a wagon. Come, come, Mr. Scott. Young minds, fresh ideas. Be taught. <laughs> I love that Love line. that one. Oh, my gosh. All right, here's 22 seconds of Christopher Lloyd being awesome. Speak. 
Impressive. They can make planets. Oh, yes. New cities, homes in the country. Your woman at your side, children playing at your feet. And overhead, fluttering in the breeze, the flag of the Federation. Charming. Station. Yes, my lord. I just love that. Okay. Uh, this is a good one. This always made me laugh. Oh, why is this 29 seconds? Ooh, this might be the wrong clip. Let's find out. There aren't going to be any damn permits. How can you get a permit to do a damn illegal thing? Look, price you name, money I got. Place you name, money I name, otherwise bargain. No. Right, damn it. It's Genesis. The name of the place we're going is Genesis. Genesis? Yes, Genesis. How can you be deaf with ears like that? <laughs> Genesis forbidden. Oh, I love that guy. He cracks me up. He's like a cross between Yoda and Abe Vigoda. <laughs> <laughs> so Genesis! Just, so just Goda. Yeah. Goda. Oh. Abe, Abe Vajoda. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's great. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, we mentioned it before. Here we go. Keeping you busy? Don't get smart, Tiny. Don't call me Tiny. Yeah, don't call him Tiny. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I also love that little guy, the, the guy at the transporter room that just, you know, I mean, Uhura has very little to do in this movie, right? She's only in this mm-hmm. movie, like, she has like three lines. But in this one scene that she has where she, she's like, oh, you know, I, I like this. It's quiet. And he goes, yeah, it's okay for you who are at the tail end of your career. And the look she gives him, oh, <laughs> yeah, priceless. That look of, Oh, you think you're calling me old? Well, in in two movies, I'm going to be naked doing a fan dance, so you can just go sit in the closet. Mm-hmm. And Kirk already got a little taste, right? Yeah, he did. Uh, but here's uh, uh, Scotty saying something funny. Level, please. Transporter room. Thank you. Up your shaft. I love the snark. He's giving snark to an elevator. I love it. What a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. All right, here's that bit I mentioned with the space doors. Your space doors. Now, Mr. Scott. Sir? The doors, Mr. Scott. Hi, sir. I'm working on it. Oh, that kind of awkwardly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was cool that you could hear R2-D2 in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he was just hanging out. He was he was the one to actually open the doors. It was <laughs> Yeah. We haven't mentioned it yet, but and I I typically do it at the end of the movie, but the James Horner score for this movie is so good. It's great. Yeah. It's it is. so good. I mean, and I and love sometimes when sometimes when the Klingon vessel's a little bit too green and their explosions are a little too awful, you know, you really need to lean on something and you can lean on this Horner score. Yeah, it's it, it's fantastic. Yeah. It, it really is. Now now you say that, and now I'm curious. I, I hmm, hold on. I, I'm going to have to keep looking here. Because, so I know that Paramount did this. I'm, I'm wondering if, 
if Industrial Light and Magic did this movie. Yes, they did. The special effects was done by Industrial Light and Magic. So, and they did they did the Wrath of Khan also. Uh, and for some reason, they were not involved in the fifth movie, which is was a mistake. They should have been brought back. I blame Shatner. Yeah, well, that's fair. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and Skywalker Sound did all the additional sound effects. So, that's cool. All right, Transwarp Drive. This part always makes me smile. Transwarp Drive, maximum velocity in five, four, three, two, one. I mean, it, it. The only thing that it didn't do was make a fart noise at the end, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Or like the the knocking noise of a gas tank that's empty. Yeah, yeah. I just I love that it makes weird noises. I I love everything about that, and then it shows the next cut of the Enterprise warping away. I just I love it. I think it's so great. I want to go rewatch it right now. And I I, I just will say that. Oh, speaking of warp, I think warp is done better in Star Wars. Like, you know, we see the twirling lights or whatever yeah. from inside the cabin. And in Star Trek, we just get this, like, you know, taste the rainbow that comes out the other end as they drive by. Yeah, the we don't get warp very often from the point of view of the bridge because it's just stars flying by. It's nothing special. Right. It's just kind of normal. Um, and that's what it would be, right? Like, right, yeah. <laughs> well, we don't know, obviously. But, we, we have no idea. Um in... But it would, it would stand to reason that like stars flying by really fast would just look, you know, like a blur. Like lines, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to your point, Andrew, I mean, I know what you mean. You know, where it's just the the, the rainbow color is that they're just doing that thing. It, it doesn't quite have the same effect as going to light speed when it's that punch, which is why in, in the Kelvin timeline they change it to that punch. I mean, it when it goes, mm-hmm. it goes right, and then it shows. We do see the ship at warp a couple times where. It's almost like a gray, you know, cl- like they're flying through like a gray cloud, and it's, it's it, mm-hmm. it looks very different. Warp in that that version looks very different. And next week when we watch Beyond, there's even a shot of the Enterprise flying. You actually see what's called the warp bubble, uh, which getting into the science of it is how warp drive is capable. Like there's literally like a bubble that protects the ship, which is why no one ages when they go into light speed. Mm. I know I'm not going to get too much farther into it, or we'll all fall asleep. You know who does warp really well is the Orville. Oh uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I love. Yeah, how I've always there. thought that uh, Vans, the shoe company, did a pretty good job. <laughs> is it just me? So I've always con- contested that the ship looks like a bottle open. Yeah, it does. Like if you you hold it and you got the rings where the engines are, like it you can open up a big bottle. But mm-hmm. I love the Orville. I think that show is fantastic. Too. The ship the ship looks kind of weird, but I love that show so much. It's so good. No, it's like the Tesla of ships. Kind of. That's a good point. I yeah. like that. The Tesla of, of space. The um, the the last season that they did was fantastic. I didn't finish it. I need to go back and finish. I just haven't time. Oh, it's so good. I mean. You want to talk about not, you know, just lasers and, you know, good versus evil. Like, we're, we're going to hit some hard subject. Mm-hmm. You know, it, if it, you, uh, those people that hate the word woke because it makes you feel uncomfortable, don't watch Orville. <laughs> because they talk about some stuff 
and it's great. All right. Stephen has heard my father say this and the way he says this. And, the, and so my dad can quote a lot of movies, pretty much anything before 1998. After that, he just, his, his repertoire kind of stopped. But Same. he has quoted, he, and again, Stephen, you've heard this before. He loves using this quote. Very good. That's it. Just very simple. Very good. But I, I can't tell you how many times I'll say, hey, Dad, I, I, I got a straight A today in class. Very good. He, he, that's the way he says it. Very good. Because, you know, that's... that's Very Krug. good. That's Krug after he, he shoots the gunner, right? He kills his gunner, which is a trope, mm-hmm. right? You know, the bad guy kills his own men. And so when, he, when the guy's like, hey, I have some news, he's like, he points the gun at him, say the wrong thing, and goes, I have some people here. And he goes, oh... Very good. So very good. So my dad has he he always says very good. He always has that gravel. He would always do that, and he would always say, uh, "You are my son, Sean, my only son, Sean." Yes, that that also <laughs> that also did happen. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> uh, here is uh, Christopher Lloyd yelling. Let me hear. Nine, eight, seven, six, five. Get out! Get out of there! Get out! It's, it's the Libyans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who do you think it's the Libyans? Because you had your secret van had the name of your company on the side of it. Maybe you should uh, what are you not, gonna do? not do that. Now, Stephen, you're not a dad, but Andrew and I, we are. And I am pretty confident that we have said a version of this. Now, you probably have two, Stephen, just to different different reasons. but. Just to other people's kids. Yeah, or a girlfriend or something, but we have all said a version of this. You should take the Vulcan too. No! But why? Because you wish it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. All right, well, that's all my clips, all nine clips that I captured there. And now this part of the game, or part of the show, is sponsored by... Help Open Pike Night celebrate hashtag where November has gone before. This year, from November 1st through 30th, go to openpike.com slash join us and leave us a voicemail or message to be entered to win a Hallmark Keepsake Strange New Worlds Enterprise light-up ornament. One entry per person. And remember, openpike.com is the easiest way for you to get your voice into the ears of the people who make Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Make any bridge just a little bit brighter with Open Pike Night. And your brand new tiny flagship. And now for some more bad news. Ready? All right. This part of the show is our game. Our game is called Hey, Did You Notice? This is part of the game or part of the show where Andrew plays a game with us. And uh, I guess I should stop talking and typing at the same time because clearly I'm failing at it. This is where Andrew uh, plays a game with us called Hey, Did You Notice? I will get this out eventually, where he asks us questions about the movie. Steve and I will go back and forth. Uh, first person to five wins. Andrew, please explain it better than I have. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just going to ask questions, and Steven's going to go first. And, you know, if he gets it wrong, it's going to go to you, Sean. That's fair. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, when we see Spock's torpedo pod launched out of the ship, and it lands on Genesis. It is inscribed with a marking 
What does it say? Oh, man. I do, I do not remember. Sean? I'm marking. You mean what Like what the serial number on the side of it? Because it's a Mark IV torpedo. But... Well, you're close. Okay. But it is not Mark IV. Oh, what is it? It's a Mark, Mark Six. Marks. Oh, damn it! I was oh, the eye was on the other side of the. You, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was. Gosh, dang it, freaking Roman numerals. That's what I was looking. That was what I was going after. Was oh, okay, uh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. I, I was thinking of like a like a like an inscription. Yeah, like, yeah. like oh with, well, yeah, with long and prosper. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have said it. No, it's okay. You did great. Sorry. All right, Sean. This is your question. When Kirk enters the elevator at the beginning of the movie, or whatever that thing is, I assume it's an elevator. Tur- turbo lift. Yeah. Turbo lift. He's going. Where he punches in a floor and a letter and a number. <laughs> a letter and a number? Yeah. To take him to some other level of the ship. I don't remember. Deck C deck level five. I don't know. B fifty two. Uh, it is C8. You were very close, Sean. Wow. Uh, yeah. And you, it, it's funny, in the scene, it's it's blurry until after he pushes them, and then it zooms in, and it clears up on, oh. the, on the letters and numbers. Hmm. You okay. can see that it was C8. Rottenberry. Yeah. All right, Steve. Good. What was the temperature of Sector 2 of the Genesis planet? The first well, sector was 22.2 degrees Celsius. I'm glad that you asked uh, because it was 41 degrees Celsius. Sean. Uh, I'm trying to remember which sector two was. Was that the desert or the frozen tundra section sector? It was I, the desert. I'll I would say, that. I think it's the desert sector. So it was like, it was pretty hot. I mean, so I don't know, uh, but it was still Celsius. So I don't know. 50.8 Celsius. That would be really warm. Yes, it would be. Uh-oh. Yeah. For us Yanks, the conversion's a little difficult. It was only 39.4 degrees. 39. So I came the closest. Uh... Yeah, you were pretty close there. <laughs> um, Sean, how many flintlock pistols were on Kirk's wall? Oh, I, I know this. Eight. Steve. Oh, six. There were six. Dang it. The other two are uh, gunpowder things. I know that's eight yeah. things on there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Steve, this is your last question here. What is the name of the medicine that Kirk gives McCoy? Well, oh. I assume it's medicine, but it's a little thing he puts his, on his finger and space medicine. Yeah. It's a co-fefe. <laughs> 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 I was not expecting that. Holy balls. Um, no one knows. I can't remember what he says because he walks in yeah. and he does the Vulcan salute. He goes, how many fingers am I holding up? He goes, that's not very damn funny. And he says, what's this? He says, it'll help you travel. Yeah. Tramadol. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Gosh dang it. It was Lexorin. No, oh, never in a million years yeah. would remember yeah. that. I, I think that's probably just like a made up name, but there is a real medicine called Lexapro because I, I remember that 
I remember hearing that before, but I don't know from the does. doctor that I go to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know what it does, but I know that it's a real medicine. But Lexarin, yeah, that's the name of it. All right. Well, hey, Stephen wins. Stephen uh, yeah. beat me in a, in a Star Trek thing. Steven. Steven. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it just makes me smile. That, that you I'll never play. guess the right key. Uh, you're pretty close. Excuse me while I whip this out. Time for our top three. Well, we had one of those little uh, classic old snafus where I asked classic. a couple... Little, uh, I'll say, hey, what do you think about this or this? And I don't get an answer for a little bit, so I throw on Twitter, uh, well, this is what we're going to do. And then <laughs> you say, what about the other one? So we're going to do two, which is fine. Uh, and so, uh, Stephen, you get to go first with your your top three Christopher Lloyd film. Number three, Angels in the Outfield. Okay. I find it. I yeah I just Christopher Lloyd is he's so pure of heart that uh, um I it, like him around kids just works like it's a it's a good combo and uh, but he also like treats him kind of like a crotchety old man you know he's like an angel but he's also like uh, get off my lawn you know it's just, it's just a, a wonderful role uh, number two the okay. Adams family yeah. Nice. He's I mean, the best in Uncle Fester. Yeah, he's really great. And, and I think that first movie is like the one because he, he like takes it the most seriously. And it's like this real, I don't know, it's almost like performance art. Um, <laughs> And then number one, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Uh-huh. He just, he's, he's so great at it. And he's so scary. I, I remember being really scared as a kid. And then as I get older, obviously, like it's, you know, just, it's classic Christopher Lloyd. It is. Yeah. All right. Uh, I will go next. And I'm frantically looking for his IMDb page because you've basically said my list, which is fine. Well, we grew up together. Well, we did. And that is pretty. Just reverse the order. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, Actually, I think I have. Yeah, actually, I do have Who Framed Roger Rabbit as number three. Uh, my number two actually is Back to the Future three, and my number one is The Adams Family, with an honorable mention, which is a cheat because it's not a movie, but an honorable mention to The West Wing because he plays a character in The West Wing, and if I get an yeah. opportunity to say that, I'm going to. So you got to let Bartlett be Bartlett. That's oh, I'm a little turned on now that you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, can you give us a second? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'll turn around. I didn't know he was in Sin City 2. Everybody knows that no, show. No, they don't yeah. stop it. He was also in Psych, which I, uh, I really appreciate. It's P-Psych. <laughs> if you remove the P, it still spells Psych. Yeah. It's like W Whole Foods. Or, um, you know, just the word Q. Kwewe? Yeah, the way way. Well, Kwewe. what you got there, Andrew? Well, I have uh, Back to the Future 1 Never heard because of I think that in 3, he's not great. Yeah, but, Sean. Okay, the, let me, let me back H. up. Sorry, <laughs> let, me, let me backtrack that a minute. He is good. 
I just like him better in the first one. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna move that to a to an honorable mention though, because that's my favorite movie of all time, and so I think oh I think it's not really fair for me to use it, so I'm gonna move it. Um, I loved him as the dad in Nobody that we oh. watched for the podcast. Um, that was, was such a good movie, yeah. and he was really great in it. So that's gonna be my number three. That was a recent movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. with Bob Odenkirk. I've, yeah, well, I love I've Bob got Odenkirk. Professor Plum in Clue. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a good movie, one. Clue. And then my favorite of him it takes me back to my childhood. It's a little film, a little ditty called Dennis the Menace, where he plays Switchblade Sam, which I didn't know his name was Switchblade Sam until today when I looked it up. Wow. Oh, but. He was kind of terrifying in that as well. Watching yeah, him bake I wonder what it is can. about him. Yeah, because he's like just friendly enough that you trust him. And so I think it maybe as a kid, when somebody's just friendly enough that you trust him and then they're being like a bad guy, you're like, come on, man, I wanted you to be better. Yeah. <sighs> so... <laughs> it's funny. The, the only other one I actually I could think of was um, he was in that Suburban Commando movie. Yeah, Paul, I, I bought the soundtrack to Suburban Commando. And uh, let me give you a little sample. It's a nice place to live, but, but I wouldn't, wouldn't want to visit. visit. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. The only thing that I remember from that movie is the line where he comes home and he screams, I was frozen today. That's the only part that I remember. Oh, man. There's one moment uh, where they're in the yard and they're like somebody like Hulk Hogan's character, you know, hurts somebody's motorcycle and uh, and they get mad. And he's like, what are you going to do? Kick my ass. And then the guy goes, "Nah, this is the 90s. I'm going to sue, sue you. you. Yeah, that's right. Gosh, you bring me bringing back memories from that movie, which is. Strange. OK. Twitter was pretty active on this one, which is great. So Cameron from Green Shirt Podcast, a newbie's trek through TNG, and he was on with us last week, says Expendables. Oh, sorry. I guess I context. So the one I put on Twitter was your favorite third of a series. So this movie is technically a third. Not technically. It is, is the third of a series, even though I mentioned it being the middle. So uh, Cameron says uh, three Expendables 3, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, and then I think both of these are the best in their respective franchises. And then he said, Jaws 3D, just silly fun that knows exactly what it is. All right. Uh, Across the Stars podcast says, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is my favorite of the three. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which is also my favorite of the three. It's the first great Harry Potter. I, yes. I think so. And Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, which is also my, eh, I think I said. Never heard of it. Two Towers was my favorite. Uh, honorable mention to Return of the Jedi. And then he, oh, he also put Revenge of the Sith, but he has a Star Wars podcast, so I guess he's he has to. Uh, let's see. Somebody, uh, he didn't participate. Hold on. Let's see. He didn't participate. We had people commenting, but not on the, the thing. Let's see. John T. Bolds, who was supposed to be on last week, but was not feeling well or something. That Phantasm 3, Skyfall, and Last Crusade, and The Bourne Ultimatum. So he gave us his top four. Uh, your next favorite movie says Nightmare on Elm Street 3, which we're going to be doing in about 14 weeks. 
Oh. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and Toy Story 3. Uh, Darren from NostalgiaCast says, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. The Three Colors Red. Or Three Colors Red. Uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. The Bourne Ultimatum and Skyfall. And then he asked, does it count? Which I said, yes, it does. And, and then, and then from there, the conversation just has its own legs and just goes. So I go to Twitter and you per- know Twitter, uh, participate in the conversation there. All right, time for this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? This is where we're going to give this movie a score from zero to ten. Zero being awful and ten being fantastic. I don't think I needed to explain that, but I was vamping, so I pulled up my sheet. All right. So, Andrew goes first. Well, the IMDb gives it 6.6 out of 10. Um, But I am going to bump it up just a tad to a 6.8 dams out of 10. All right. That's very fair. What you got, Steven? 6.89996. All right. I feel like we're on the prices right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. All right. Well, you then would, I'll do you six. You feel like that. I'll do just 6.9. Uh, no. Hey, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> One dollar. No. Um, I like this movie. I think I mentioned it earlier. I think it's my favorite of the odd movies. I don't, you know, one is pretty boring. Five is, you know, silly. Not good. And whatever. Uh, Generations holds a special place in my heart because of my dad, but again, it's not a great movie. And Insurrection, I think, is the worst Trek movie of them all. Uh, so, but I would still watch it. I mean, I will watch it, and I will eventually we'll do it for the podcast. I, my intention is to eventually do all 13 movies for the show at some point. But I still like this movie. I still think it's actually pretty well made, and... I'm glad that this one did well enough for them to give Leonard Nimoy the helm at the next movie because the next movie mm-hmm. is a lot of fun and just very different. So, yeah, uh, I gave the fifth movie a six and a half. Ooh, I clearly low. have to go above that. Do I want to do six point nine? No, but I'll actually give it a seven, just a straight seven. I I okay. like this movie. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a good Trek movie. It feels like a good Trek movie. I love the heist. Respectable. And uh, and the music is great. The the soundtrack elevates this movie, I think, a lot. But it it does it does just miss that that sweet you know back and forth between Kirk and Spock. Yeah, exactly. Because <clears throat> obviously the the he's he has like one line in the whole movie is at the very end, which I I, I will kind of say I kind of appreciate if the actor is going to act in the movie and direct it. Not putting yourself in the movie very much is kind of a bold choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, well, uh, my is, question is like, for, for for young Spock that's just like wailing in the background. Do, I, I know you get paid if you speak differently, but do you get paid if you wail? Probably. I mean, he's he's not a featured extra, right? He has, even though he doesn't have any lines. You're right, but he's a, he's a named character, and if you're named, then you get different. Right, but his paid. dialogue the same is like. Aah! Yeah, I think you don't get paid by the line. You don't, you know. You know I'm saying you don't get paid. Per yeah, but line. can you spell? <laughs> he screams. You know, just screams. 
I just I'll never forget when I was working when I was doing you know the films that I was working on and we were doing um much ado about middle school. Uh there was a kid, it was an he was an extra, right? All he was was an extra. Well, the kid came to set, and he was exhausted. So every time he would get to a scene where we'd have extras, he would just lay his head down and fall asleep. Well, it it turned into a gag. So it got, it turned into a point where every time we saw him, we wanted him to be asleep because it was funny. Well, we started calling him the sleeping kid. And then the, the director came and goes, you need to stop calling him that. Because if we give him a name, oh. then I have to pay him. Uh-huh. You know, like if we give him a title, a credit as sleeping kid, then I have to pay him. Whereas now he's just a, a volunteered extra. And so we had to stop calling him sleeping kid. Anyway. Well, we definitely don't want anybody to get paid. Well, this no. is an independent, independent. That was weird how I said that. An independent film. I mean, I wasn't, none of us was getting paid very much. Just one of those things. Uh, but that rounds the movie out of the 6.899986667. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> you gave me a finger pistol. Uh, pew, pew, pew. That's the movie. That's the show. That's everything. Stephen, please tell our listeners where they can find you. I didn't even introduce you as singer, songwriter, uh, guy what has his music on the NASCAR video game extraordinaire man. I just introduced you as a dude that I know. I guess I I did you a disservice. So please tell people who you are and why they should listen to you. Well, I'm glad you asked. My top three movies as the third of the series are uh, number three. (laughs) Army of Darkness, Bruce Campbell. Uh, number two, Return of the Jedi, Star Wars. Probably heard of it. And number one, Return of the King, I think is just the best you could do. No, but what were you saying? Oh, uh, Twitter. Yeah, Steve R. Everett. You can follow me. Um, I, uh, I, so I, I made a movie with my, one of my best friends, Paul Fowl. Uh, from my newest record and we just we're entering it into film festivals right now and it's really exciting and uh you know just just writing songs and and doing my thing i i I love you guys it's always a pleasure to be here and i I, uh appreciate you and your audience and it's just always good to hang out and catch up with old friends absolutely yeah where's your film being shown what festivals anything around here well no i've applied so like they have to tell me if it's any good at all um, I'm in it, so I assume it won't be, it won't do that well, but, um, <laughs> no, we're really excited about it. It's just, it's basically like, uh, you know, a documentary, a music documentary, but about someone who's not famous and, and, or very successful. And so it's just kind of about having a small story and about how that's still, you know, important. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it, I, I'm very proud of it. I'm, I'm excited. So as soon oh, as we cool, hear man. back from all these festivals, we'll. We'll uh, release it, but you you can find out everything steveeverettmusic.com or steveeverett.net if you're feeling old school. If if it gets picked up, I'd be you know. Do you want us to review it for the podcast? Please, honestly, if if I you know get some kind of juice like that in any way, I would be happy to share it with you guys and yeah. make it like you know if, if if E Entertainment Television is like we want to interview you for this, I'd be like, well, here's the uh, panel that has to interview me. <laughs> nice sounds good i like it all right go but ahead. not but not vector no yeah definitely not him uh we do well, uh he looks, of the three of us he looks the best in a suit though that's true. <laughs> that <is> true. <laughs> just kidding everybody's invited i love you guys uh star trek 
three forever. <laughs> I don't think that's what it's called. Uh, yeah. So that's it. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we will have uh, the guys back on from Digital Dissection, and we're going to be doing Star Trek Beyond. So we're going uh, all the way to the most recent Trek that has been released, which is still going on five years old now, five or six years old. I think, am I, am I right on this? Whenever the next one comes out, whenever the, the, the Kelvin timeline Star Trek Four comes out, it, the the gap between the third one and the fourth one will be the longest time we have not had a Trek movie since, since 1970, 1979. Which is kind of crazy to think about. but Yeah, he... <laughs> If I knew how to spell that, that would be the episode title, but I don't know how to spell it. D-W-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-H. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> I thought it had two H's. Maybe. <laughs> I love you. Uh, next week, that's what we're doing next week. We're very excited for that. In the meantime, go to our website, cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com. There you can find links to all of our social media. Interact with me on Twitter. And... As as long as it's still free, we're going to be there. I don't know what's happening. If you're listening to this in you know, two years in the future, I'd be really curious to see what's happened since then. Uh, also, check us out on myspace.com. Oh, uh, Facebook.com slash cheap reviews. I was really bummed out to find out that MySpace doesn't have an app on the iOS. Like, now is the time to, to get back onto that. That's all I'm going to say. Uh-huh. And... That's it. That's that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Again, Stephen, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. And until next time. So on behalf of Stephen and Sam, who of course is not here still, but he'll be here maybe next week, we hope. And Andrew, this is Sean saying thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Steve. I was about to play it. Steven. <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> Uh, spay and neuter your pets. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.